Hello, Grace Life Church. This is Pastor Matt McNaughton, and you are listening to the very first episode of the Grace Life Church podcast show, where we will have conversations on ministry, family, and the gospel. My goal is to release two podcasts per month, and this will help us have much-needed conversations that we just don't have the time to address on Sunday mornings or in life group throughout the week. Many of these conversations will deal with topics that have come from you. Some example conversations that we will be having will be on the gospel and entertainment and sports, the importance of music during our church gatherings, and our very new Bags of Grace ministry. I'm excited to have on our first show today, Jeremy Lin, our missionary and church planner to Ethiopia. For those of you who don't know, Jeremy is my brother-in-law. He is Julie's brother, and I've known him for about 10 years now. So I'm, I'm really excited that our church gets to partner with them, support them, um, financially give towards their ministry, and it's a thrill to have him with us today. I want to share just one cool fact before we jump into our conversation. Jeremy attended seminary in Missouri, and on a spring break trip to see them, God started directing my path to attend the same seminary. I was kind of in a a holding pattern on, God, where do I need to go next? And while we were there, God started um, planting that seed of going to Missouri as well. So a few months later, Julie and I packed up our house and we moved two doors down from them. So while we were displaced in Missouri... And suffering through many snowstorms and what seemed like endless winters far from the beautiful state of Florida, we got to see God work through Jeremy and his family as they were on the beginning of their journey to Ethiopia. So it's now hard to believe that in just a few short weeks, they will be moving to Ethiopia to do what God called them to do um, several years ago. So, Jeremy, it is great to have you on our show today. Thanks for being here. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. Good, good. So, it's good to have you. First question, tell us how you and your family were led by God to plant churches in Ethiopia. I believe that started as we were here just doing ministry in Jacksonville at First Coast Baptist Church. We were invited to go on a mission trip, or I was to Argentina, and as we discussed whether I should or shouldn't go, me and Carissa both knew God wanted me to do that, and so she allowed me to go. I went, and during that trip, I saw the need for the gospel in a culture outside of my home. Uh, It's something I would have never seen unless I went, so as I was there, God really began to work on my heart. Uh, Through that trip, he was working on Carissa's heart, came back and we started to ask uh, other families that were led by God to go to the mission field and what that looked like for them. And as we sought counsel and looked at scripture, we knew there was a need and that God wanted us to go. And over time, as we started to study Ethiopia and how there's a lot of religious oppression in the country, and there's, a, of course, a large amount of people, we knew God was directing us in that way. So, in a nutshell, that's that's how God led us to Ethiopia. 
And you've been to Ethiopia already two times, correct? Yes. And tell, tell us a little bit about the culture. All right. So one of the first things you notice as you get off the plane, you begin to, to smell kind of an incense kind of smell. And uh, really that hits you as soon as you get off the plane. So culturally, there's just a, a different uh, aroma in the air. But then you, you start to notice there's, there's different ways of dressing, uh, a lot more modest, I would think, than, than the U.S., uh, longer hmm. skirts, men and, and pants, not, men just don't wear shorts there, maybe boys do. Uh, so dress is different. Uh, you start to, to see as you leave the airport uh, and drive down the streets, uh, there's a, a lot of taxi cabs a lot of buses, a lot of people walking down the street. So just as they get around, it looks a lot different than, than what it does here in the U.S. You see people uh, walking to their cathedral at the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, uh, dressed with head coverings and, and uh, going there to pray. You see, you hear the call to prayer uh, from the Islamic mosque. So there's a lot of differences in how they practice their religions. Uh, it's open, and you see it very evidently. Uh, so I think those are some of the big differences from our culture to, to theirs. Uh, they're, of course, their food is, is, a, is very unique compared to ours. You eat with your hands, which that was a, <laughs> a, a learning it's a different. It's a different experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no utensils. That was that was fun to to learn that. I was somebody fed me the first time I was there, so definitely didn't expect that. Which that's just a sign of respect. So that it, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there there's quite a few differences uh, from our culture to theirs. Uh, I even think of this people street vendors. We don't see that. Uh, it's not as common here. Maybe in a big city, you might see a guy selling hot dogs, but uh, there, it's common for uh, street vendors to line the streets selling all kinds of goods, uh, which I can't think of any right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, might, I'm, I think I'm right on this, but we don't even realize how Ethiopia, Ethiopian culture has affected our daily mornings. And in the fact that I believe Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee or... If you study coffee for any length of time, you'll find very quickly that it is the it's considered the birthplace of coffee. One, they they have their own story of that the Ethiopian people do, but uh, scientifically, because of the elevation there in Ethiopia in the, the mountainous regions, it's just a, it's a perfect place for coffee plants to grow. So not only do you have that side of it but there's also the story of the goat herder who has goats that eat the, the coffee berry and they all of a sudden are very energetic so he tries to figure out what it is he goes to a monk with this berry and the monk says this is bad throws it into a fire and then it lets off this incredible aroma and they somehow end up with the the great drink we call coffee uh, so um, every time you drink coffee, you'll have to think of the lens in Ethiopia. So that would be a great way to 
pray for them and, and remember what, what they're doing. So I'm especially thankful for this morning, my cup of coffee and the Ethiopian, Ethiopian culture and how it's kind of spread across the world in, in a, a minor way. So um, Jeremy and Chris, they, they've been the last couple years, three years, three years traveling um, across the United States raising their finances for their move to Ethiopia. So once they get over there, Jeremy's full-time job will be um, serving the people over there, ministering to them, starting churches. So he won't have an occupation um, for the most part. You know, he'll be just doing church stuff. So he's had to, they've had to raise their finances for that. They've had to raise finances for the home that they've um, leased out, I believe, for the next two years for a vehicle. Lots of things that um, we have here, but it's just getting prepared for that move um, in a couple of weeks. So that's what they've been doing the last year. So over the last three years, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. You know, the road trips, the, I mean, was it? difficult was it easy and and how have you seen god provide for you and your family since you started your deputation that's a that's of course a great question i i think of two things two different stories specifically of course deputation the whole thing is a story of how god provides but there of course are maybe some highlight stories that that come to mind one, when we first started, we just didn't have a, a lot of money to begin, and we left Florida heading to Hobbs, New Mexico, which is a good 24-hour drive. With three kids. With three kids, yes. Yeah. And this particular drive, we left Florida with $300, and we weren't really, we couldn't afford to stay at a, a hotel, so thankfully there's churches that provide uh, God uses these churches to provide missionaries with places to stay. Uh, and so I, I called around, and it just so happened the only place I could find was in Fort Worth, Texas. That meant we had to drive 17 hours to make it to our first place to, to stay. So we left Florida <laughs> with, with 300 bucks and drove 17 hours the first day, Ooh. had a free place to stay that night. Then our next stop was in uh a place in Texas that was another uh, four hours away. So we we got on the road, drove there, and in just just in the cost of gas, we're going to spend three hundred dollars on our way to Hobbs, New Mexico. So we're thinking, you know, how are we going to buy food? Uh, how is this all going to work? As we left Fort Worth, we went to Odessa, Texas, and we stopped there again not knowing how, how we are going to pay for this whole trip. And the Sunday school class there decided to invite us to their luncheon that morning. So we went, and they decided also to take up a love offering, and that's where they gave us another $300, just a Sunday school class. So, cool. of course, God provided that way, gave us the, the needed funds to continue on. Uh, we got a love offering at the next church, and we were able to make it a, back home. Again, left Florida, drove 24 hours, made it all the way back. God provided the, the money to do so in that trip. 
I also think of another way God provided in one of the trips we took to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, which that's a very interesting name. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where that was until deputation. But we took off and, you know, we were better financially on this trip. But as we left the church there, it was Calvary Indian Baptist Church and a man by the name of Big Ben. uh, He was telling us the best route to take as we left. And, you know, when somebody gives you advice on directions, you don't always take them because you're not sure if, you know, Google's probably the better option. Google Maps, they, they don't lead you astray. So <laughs> <laughs> we we hesitated on his advice, but we decided, you know what, we're not in a, a huge rush, so let's go ahead and take this. Me and another missionary family, we got on the road and, and took his route. We both stopped in Arkansas, in, in Conway, Arkansas, and we were going to have dinner and then hit, head out from there. Uh, that we, we parted ways at that point. But as soon as we got to Conway, the missionary buddy of mine, Scott Pethel, he gets out and he says, hey, man, that route saved us 15 minutes compared to the GPS. I'm like, oh, cool. So we, we had dinner, left, and got on the road. As soon as we got on the road, started to hear warnings, tornado warnings coming across the radio. They said, if you're on this highway, which is the highway we were on, you need to get off the road. Oh, man. And they specifically said between mile markers, this and this, that if you're on these mi- these mile markers, you need, to, you need to stop and get off the road. So we were looking for mile markers at that point. Which, which mile, <laughs> mile marker are we at? By the time we found the mile marker, we realized we're about 15 miles ahead of those mile markers. The tornado went across where they said it would. It flipped over semi-trucks, cars. It tore through the city that that was in its path. And if you start to do the the calculations and reverse us 15 minutes backwards, that's where we would have been in that area. I don't know if we would have got hit by that tornado or not, but that 15-minute shortcut that Big Ben gave us put us ahead of the tornado. So just... Just in thinking like that, I, I'm, I'm amazed how he provides, of course, financially, but even yeah. in keeping us safe and out of that, that tornado. I, I don't know, again, if, if we would have been right there in that moment, but all the calculations say that's where we would have been. Where we would have been. Because God, you know, we sometimes forget that he is watching over us every second of the day, no matter where we are or what we're doing, that we have a father that loves us and care, cares for us and provides for us. And, and this has gone back even further than just when they started deputation. Jeremy's got a, a, a cool story of when they, you know, living in Orange Park and then leaving Orange Park to go to Missouri to go to Bible college. And how old were you when you made that move? 27. So he's 27. He's got three kids moving to Missouri where... Um, it snows, so that Floridians don't make that move often. Tell tell us that story, you know, about your business, about what you do, and, and leading up to how God provided. All right. Well, that was a, a huge step of faith for us to trust God. Well, we didn't know exactly where we were going to live, work, any of that. He, of course, provided a house. We 
got there and I decided, you know, the only thing I know how to do is paint. So I started a, a business there of mobile touch-ups and it works great in Florida. It's sunny most of the year where the sunshine state, but when you get to Missouri, you have that during the summer, but not during the winter. And it, it was about the, the second year, the end of the second year that we were there that I realized, you know, we're struggling financially and I'm not sure how I'm going to provide food for my children. I don't know how I'm going to continue to pay the bills unless something completely changes. So in tears, I went home, kind of hid that from Carissa, made it to school the next day about eight o'clock and I got a phone call. I'm thinking it may, might be work. I, I left the classroom to answer this phone call. It just so happened that it was the missions office there in Springfield and they said, hey, we want you to put together a wish list of items that you may want or need. So that was, a, of course, a, a good wake-up call. Well, I left the class that day and went to my mailbox and found it, a letter inside of there that told me to go see this lady, Miss Linda Rude, and and I, I really just didn't want to because she was one of those happy people all the time. <laughs> and and I'm already down in that in that moment. And I I tell one of the, my buddies, I said, oh, I've got to go see Miss Linda Rude. She's you know in charge of student care, and and he goes man, you need to go see her. I was like, man, I really don't. I don't, I don't know if I can handle her happiness. <laughs> so he's like, you really need to go see her. And and so I, I walked there and, and she said, hey, I just want to let you know there's a church here in town, High Street Baptist Church. They, they gave these baskets full of food and they told me just to give them out to whoever. And, and I decided I would grab some married students. Would you be interested in a basket of food? She didn't know that I was struggling the day before. Yeah. And so I, I grabbed the basket. She goes, oh, you have three kids? Here, let me grab some other things. And she starts to overload this basket. And I'm, I'm just kind of overwhelmed at the moment. So I, of course, leave and I tell Chris, hey, I just got a basket of food. I call her up. Uh, the, the missions office wants to do something for us. And so... We get home, we start to put this wish list together, and she's like, do you think they'll mind if we put food on there? I go, no, it's, it's what we need. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that at all. And and so then we get this list together. That basket of food provides us for the next couple weeks, and then the missions office comes. And on that list, I, I put waterproof boots because I wasn't, again, used to the temperature of Springfield, and when it rained and it immediately hits the car and freezes. And I just never had experienced that. And the boots I had were not waterproof. So when, when that rain hits your boot and it goes in and wets your socks and your feet are cold, it's just miserable. I, I, I couldn't afford to buy waterproof boots, so I put that on the list. Well, they came, the missions office, their, their whole staff comes to our house, walks in with four boxes of food and, and these presents. Uh, they, they gave Jacob a, a Maglite flashlight. They gave the girls easy bake oven uh, brownies and cake and the mix and then they gave Carissa a can opener that she really just wanted ours was missing a tooth so it didn't cut <laughs> right and uh, they gave me those those waterproof boots and talk about how trusting God becomes super real in that moment and and knowing that the scripture says you know it, it talks of even the, the birds of the air don't worry about what they're going to eat, and he provides for them. 
but how much more are you than these birds? Man, that is an application of that scripture big time in that moment. And so it was just a neat time to see God provide. And I, I keep a picture of those boots as a memorial of what God did in a time of need in our family's lives, how he provided. And it's a memorial of how he will continue to provide. So it's just, it's, it's neat to see how God does that. Good stuff. It's It's been, you know, being connected as we are because we're family to this journey, just to see how God has provided for you guys is, is unbelievable. And still doing that as y'all prepare to go to Ethiopia in just a couple weeks, it's, it's, it's really incredible and encouraging that God is doing things in, in y'all's lives. One of the things that we talk about at Grace Life a lot is something, or at least that I'm trying for us to understand and realize, is being intentional in making disciples, whether that's you're just befriending your neighbor, you're, you're sharing lunch in a, with a coworker and praying for them, and being intentional and not just expecting God to drop someone who needs Jesus at your doorstep. How does this look like for you and being intentional and sharing the gospel and making disciples? How does this look like for you and your family in Ethiopia as you share the gospel with um, that group of people? I think one of the, the first thoughts that came to my mind as I plan to be intentional about sharing the gospel with others in Ethiopia is how do I meet people yeah, I, I don't have a, a job where I'm going to go to this place every day and, and see the same people. How can I meet people if I don't have that that avenue? So one of the, the ways I believe I can do that is going to a coffee shop, the same coffee shop, and you're going to have the same waiter each time yep. or the same three. Uh, you're going to see some of the same people doing the same thing each day as we go and buy our phone minutes. There's going to be the same guy we'll probably go to over and over. So in those daily activities, as we meet people, build relationships, and open the door to share the gospel with them. Now, as they believe, what does the discipleship part look like? Uh, Well, of course, then you start taking that same person and going to a coffee shop with them. You invite them to your house and have of lunch or dinner, uh, you. Uh, one of the ways the families that are there are doing it already is, you know, setting a specific time on Sunday in the morning before the services and and walking through Scripture with them on the importance of of reading the Bible, on the importance of praying, on on the importance of sharing your faith with others beginning all that with why we even choose the Bible in the first place as our source of truth. So those are all plans uh, in place to be intentional about sharing the gospel and making disciples. And it's what's really neat, though, is Jeremy was played a, a very important part when Julie and I started wrestling with starting Grace Life. And they were actually living with us at the time um, down in in Winter Haven. And they were staying with us and and visiting a bunch of areas, kind of doing cold calls at churches and just trying to build relationships with pastors. And and it was about the time where 
God had already told us that we're moving back to to Clay County, so we started just hashing out like what it, what it, this looks like, you know, for us and and our mission and um, what are we going to be passionate about? And what I think one of the things we realized is we're both passionate about the same gospel, about making disciples, but God led me to Clay County and Jeremy to Ethiopia to accomplish those the same mission. And what he's doing over there is the same thing that we need to be doing here in our neighborhoods. And um, David Platt has said, because of where you live now on your street, there are no unreached people groups. There is a way for them to hear the gospel. And that's through us. It's through um, sending Jeremy and other families to different parts of the world, because this is the mission that God has given us because it is his mission. And he wants to see people saved by the, the work of Jesus. And it's just, it's a great calling to be told to go and make disciples. How can we as a church and as listeners of this podcast pray for you and your family in the next several weeks, months, and even the next year? I think there's, a, of course, a lot of ways to pray for us. We're going to be experiencing a lot of new things over the next two years, really. But one of the first things we're going to begin to deal with as soon as we get there is the language barrier. Now, there are, there's a lot of people that speak English. It's broken, but they do speak it. But we want to learn the language of Ethiopia, their, their heart language. So just learning another language is going to be difficult for me. It's going to be difficult for my wife. It's going to be difficult for the kids. So if you could lift us up in prayer and, and ask God just to open our minds to receive that language and to comprehend it and to be able to not just uh, understand what it means, but then to be able to speak it and present the gospel in their language as fast as possible. Uh, we also, I'm going to be the one driving at the beginning, at least Chris's tentative and getting her license, but I have mine. So uh, learning to drive the roads and how their traffic system works, learning the routes it's going to take to get to the grocery store, to get to the church, to to make it to the airport if I need to pick somebody up or drop somebody off, uh, learn how to get to the U.S. Embassy, learn how to get wherever we go, we're going. There's It's all new, and I'm not going to have uh, a GPS like we would have here <laughs> to make it simple. Uh, now, there is that capability, but it's just not the same. So learning the roads and how to drive and what their their rules are and how that looks, uh, if you could uh, be in prayer for that. I think of our kids as they're, they're dealing with all the language and newness and the culture. Uh, they're going to be going to homeschool, homeschool still. They, their school doesn't stop, so... And that means Carissa has a heavy responsibility on teaching them. So um, if you would pray for the kids and their homeschool and Carissa as she teaches and uh, all of that, really, if, if you could just lift that up, up in prayer. All right. And they'll be leaving for Ethiopia on August 1st. They'll be flying out, and um, it's kind of a long flight, and they've got... Um, 26 totes now, I think. 26 totes that 
um, Grace Life we got to purchase for them. And uh, maybe we'll have a photo or something um, in the show notes here. And and um, so they're packing all their belongings. For the most part, it's almost packed. And um, maybe probably some last-minute packing. They've had to purchase things. One last crazy detail in all this. They've had to purchase things for the next two years. So parents, think about how you would purchase items for your growing kids and planning for two years. And um, that just shows how difficult this process has been. But I know they're excited to finally get over there and start doing what God has called them to do years ago. And this has been a long process, but it's um, it's coming down to the, the time where they're going to get to finally go. Jeremy, how can we keep up with you while you're over there? I think the easiest way to do that is to visit our website. If you would go to proclaim-hope.com, then specifically go to the support page. On that page, there's a, a place where we, you can fill out a contact form. If you fill that out, hit send, it gives me an email. When you do that, I will add you to our newsletter list. And then once a month or bi-monthly, we'll send out a newsletter that has updates and stories of what's going on. Uh, I believe that would be your best bet. Yeah, probably the best way. He sends us out monthly. It's monthly, bi-monthly. But yeah, so frequently enough where you get an idea of what's going on in their life and the different journeys that they've been on. Uh, Jeremy, it's been, uh, thanks for being our first guest on our podcast show. So it's, it's good to, that we could have this chat. If you want to give towards Jeremy and Krista and their family, um, you can go to thegracelifechurch.org slash give and just designate it as missions. You also, you should be able to have a slot where you can give towards the Jeremy Lynn family and all that money will go directly towards them. We'll just tack it on to our monthly support. So if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to give towards them, I know they would appreciate that as well. Be praying for them and as they're heading out to Ethiopia. And we'll keep you up to date at Grace Life um, with what they're, going, what they're doing and how they're doing. And um, thank you, Jeremy, again for being with us. Thank you. Love you, Grace Life. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Grace Life Church Podcast Show. We look forward to having many gospel conversations with you about various topics and issues facing us today. If you would, please give our podcast a review in iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform. You can find more information about our church by visiting thegracelifechurch.org or on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash thegracelifechurch. Thanks again for joining us. And by God's grace, we'll see you next time.